I always like to pray for myself as well as a start. Lord, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you inspire us. You've helped me as I prepared this word. Thank you that it's, think a word in season. And Lord, we just pray that you open up our minds and our hearts to inspire us and excite us this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're uh, coming to the end of the series of Life in the Kingdom. It's been a long, long series, all term. And we're looking today, as you've guessed from the games earlier, about family, family serving together. And uh, if we just go to the next slide, I'd like to think about three particular things this morning. One, God has chosen to put us together as a family in this particular church. Number two, he's got a purpose for us. There's a reason why God puts us together in family units. So it's good to know what that purpose is. And then three, he doesn't expect us to serve together out of our own inadequacies. He equips us with his strength, his love, and his resources. And I've been a bit greedy this morning. I'm taking two bits of scripture, a bit bit in Mark 3, and then we're going to flick to Ephesians 3 at the end. So let me uh, consider the first of those points We're family. Just out of interest, so Clara, Eliza and I have been coming since about January. Um, Who else is new in this church? Who's been coming maybe up to a year? Wow, look at that, number of hands. Brilliant. Okay, who's who's been maybe coming between one and five years? It's a good lot. Okay. What about five to ten years? There's a few. Some of you can't remember that far back, probably. (laughs) And then what about the old timers? You've been here 10 years or longer or maybe right from the beginning. Isn't that interesting? Uh, An interesting distribution of hands, isn't it? Isn't it it exciting that God brings people into a church family for a particular time? Have you ever wondered, why am I here? Not because Paddy's been droning on for hours, but why... Why am I here today? Why am I here in this church? Why am I here now for this season? It's an interesting question to ask yourself, isn't it? God doesn't do things by accident, and I think he's placing us here for a purpose, which we're going to explore. Now, right at the beginning of this series, I remember Paddy talking about the question, what is church? What is church? Is church just something that we have to go to on a Sunday morning Because we're Christians and you have to go to church on Sunday for about an hour, an hour and a half. Well, I think Jesus gives us a a good answer to his understanding of what church is. So go to the next slide, the Mark 3 passage. The early Christians, they used to meet in people's houses, didn't they? Uh, That's where they met. And you can imagine the scene that Jesus, everybody wanted to hear Jesus teaching. And he's in this house. Imagine being in a living room and it's absolutely packed out. The hall is packed out, and Mary, his mother, and his brothers turn up outside the house looking for him, and they can't get in, they can't get to him, so they send a message through, and you can see this crowd sitting around with him in the lounge, and they say, your mum and your brothers are looking for you, Jesus, and he says this very interesting thing in, the, in these, this red text, he says, who are my mother and brothers? And his response is fascinating. And I can imagine him pointing to the people gathered around him, pointing and saying, here are my mother and brothers. 
Whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Can you see what he's saying here? He's saying that we gathered here, we're family. That's good, isn't it? Well, hopefully you've got good and bad, as we saw earlier in families. But. So that's the first really important point we want to make today, is we are family. In fact, should we greet each other? Should we say, good morning, my brother, my sister, my auntie, my mum, whatever. Let's greet each other. Morning, Paddy, my brother. Okay. I... I should remember in this church it's impossible to get people back to order. Um, yeah, we are, we are family. That's the first point to remember this morning. We are, we are family here, family to encourage one another, aren't we? We're family here to love one another. We're family to learn together, aren't we? We're called as family to serve to do the will of God, as Jesus says here. We're called to serve him and one another. And I think it's really exciting that God is bringing in lots of new people into this family. Just a little plug. I'm noticing there's a few people who, this is their first time, people from my home group have turned up today, uh, which is, thank you very much for that. I, I would just like to make a plug for home groups. Um, When we think about family, we meet on a Sunday morning, but the intimacy of church family happens in a home group. You know, in lockdown, we couldn't meet, could we, on a big Sunday morning thing, but there was a time where we could meet, maybe outside in the cold, but we could meet as family, but in little units of home group. And all I can say is, honestly, Claire and I see our home group as family. We love you. Uh, We live life together through the difficult parts of life, from the the good fun stuff. But home group is an amazing part of church life to kind of get really get this feeling for serving one another in the small groups. So if you're not in a home group, I would really, really encourage you to be part of one because that's how we move from being just Christians who meet on a Sunday morning to actually Christians who live life together in everything. So thank you home group for coming out today. So first point today is we are family. Now that family is quite diverse, isn't it? Can you turn to the yep. I've got a really good I've got he's so he is so on it. Paddy has, yeah, thank you for delegating. It's good. Um, we're all different as family, aren't we? We we have young people and older people. We've got mature Christians and we've got people who have just come to Christ who are still seeking. We've got people from different countries. Isn't it wonderful last week to celebrate Nigerian babies and Ukrainians and probably even some Welsh and Scottish people, I don't know. Uh, We're we're different, aren't we? And we've all got different talents, we've got different skills, we've got different abilities and God calls each of us, doesn't he, to use those different talents, talents, those different gifts to serve him and to serve one another. And I don't think it's an accident. Let's turn to the next slide. I don't think it's an accident that we are here today as Cornerstone family. God, for a purpose, has placed us together to use those different gifts, to use those different experiences Uh, to work together to serve God in this area. It's exciting, isn't it? All these new people coming in through the door. I love the fact that last week, the problem of growth 
uh, embarrassed Paddy because he didn't have enough communion wine, didn't he? We're, we were, we're increasingly growing, to, to, uh, growing out, outgrowing this building, maybe. So God has called us with our differences to serve together as a family. He's called some of us to teach and to lead. Some are called to use their practical gifts, aren't they? Some are called to use their creative skills or their musical gifts. Some are called to do children's work. Others to care for the elderly. Some uh, for mission abroad. Great to see Dave Green here. Um, We had the pleasure of seeing him come to Christ six or seven years ago. He's been our home group for a number of years. To be called to Papua New Guinea to use his practical skills fixing tractors. Some of us God calls to work abroad. And of course, some of us, God calls to intercession. How important is prayer at the heart of church family life? So I think the second key point, yes, one, we're family, but the second key point for us is God has put us together for kingdom purposes. So do we know what those purposes are? Are we all working together to achieve God's will in this area? Do you know what your specific role is within this family? I've seen over the last few weeks several opportunities to sign up to various sheets for signing up to a ministry. It's not just a rota. This is a place where you can use your gifts and your talents and your experiences to serve the family of God in this place. So have you signed up? I want to consider now a few things that sometimes we hold back Sometimes we hold back to wholeheartedly serving God. So I want to put a couple of scenarios to you. And I just want you to shout out your initial gut reactions to these two scenarios. So the first one, first scenario please. One thing God calls all of us to do is to share our testimony with people. To share the gospel with those that he's calling. So imagine we're going out onto the streets of Tame this afternoon. And imagine all of us are going to find one-to-one conversations with the people we meet in Tame. And we're going to share our testimony and we're going to share the love of Jesus with them. Shout out. What's, that's a challenge for all of us. Any, any thoughts about how you'd feel about doing that this afternoon? Terrified. Terrified. <laughs> Thank you. Any more? Terrified. Okay. Excited. That's a good one. Anything else? Privileged. Okay. Nervous, yeah. I, blessed, wow. What a mixture of feelings there. I think for, for a lot of us, yes, yeah, some of us are more, and I know you're an evangelist, Dave, so you'll find it exciting to go and do that. Many of us will feel terrified is, the, is a very good word uh, to describe it. Now let's uh, imagine another scenario. Uh, scenario two, please. Right, so isn't it great that we're filling up this building? But wouldn't it be wonderful to have a multi-purpose building to enable God's work to be done here in Tame? So, challenge. We church, family, we need to raise two million quid to be able to do this. Again, gut reactions, what do we think? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Excited? Okay. Can I take your tithes straight in the bucket afterwards? What about achieving the two million, let's say in the next three, six months, what do you think? Impossible. Possible. Okay, great. Possible with God. Possible with God. Yeah, we've got a very holy group here. <laughs> I, ho- I was hoping some of you would say, it's impossible, it's difficult. It's impossible. Uh, thank you, that's perfect. You never make it. Yeah. I think, 
ne next slide. I think whatever the thing that we're doing, I think sometimes we're led by our own sense of inadequacies. Certainly I am. I think we've got our fears, you know, terrified about going on the streets of Tame. We've got our self-doubts. We've got our own insecurities. We do have a lack of resources. We sometimes think, I don't know the Bible well enough. I don't know enough. I'm not clever enough. I'm not good enough. I think there are naturally things that we have as humans that stop us sometimes from stepping out to doing God's will. And yet God is calling us to do his will. And what I'd like to move into now is the second piece of scripture. Because Paul, so the next, the next slide should be Ephesians 3 verses 14 to 21. You Maybe look at those in your, in your Bibles. But what I'd like you to do is Paul is praying for the people of, of Ephesus. And I'm going to be praying this prayer over us when I finish. And what I'd like you to do is to read it and then shout out in two or three minutes, shout out what is Paul asking for in this prayer? What are the key words that he's asking for in this prayer? Two minutes to maybe talk with your neighbour or chat, chat with your neighbour and uh, come back in two minutes with what is this prayer about? Do we, uh, do we have any thoughts yet? Let's, let's move on. So, uh, yes, what, what, what's he praying for? Just shout out a word. Yep, hang on, shh, shh. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So there's, there's a power, the word power, and you picked out the word love. Anything else? Any other comments? Yes, at the back, sorry. Deepness of the love of Christ. Yeah, understanding the deepness of the love of Christ. Do we all feel like we know deep down the love of Christ? Because actually earlier on in this chapter, that's exactly what he's talking about, that we would know the width and breadth and, of his love. It's about power, isn't it? It's about strength. It's about love. Any other comments? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we know our purpose when we know we're accepted by God. Yeah. Yeah, James. Beautiful. There's a whole thing about equipping in that. I can sit down now. You've done the rest of my talk for me, I think. Yes, Dave? Yeah, there's something about family, isn't there? Together with all of the Lord's people. That's really fantastic. Thank you. Anne? Sorry, Anne. I'll, I'll go for Anne first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And B. Thank you, brilliant. Let me move on. So I've just highlighted a few words there, but we've picked out, haven't we, strength and power and love. I, I love this prayer. Paul knows that we're weak. Uh, 
we're adopted, aren't we? We're adopted as Christians into this family. And it starts with the idea of we're kneeling before a father, the father who created the heavens and the earth. We're adopted into his family. And we are praying to someone who has infinite resources and infinite power and infinite love. It's beautiful, isn't it, as a prayer? It's beautiful. We want to impact God not in our own strength, but in his strength. It's a lovely idea, isn't it, that when we become Christians, we're told that we're given the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit when we turn to Jesus. So we are filled with his power. We're filled with his love. We're filled with his wisdom. We're, we're filled with his strength. So we're filled with that same power that healed the sick. We're filled with the same power that did miracles. We're filled with the same power that cast out demons. We're filled with the same power that raised the dead. The same Holy Spirit that was there in the beginning, hovering over the waters. The same Holy Spirit who um, enabled the Bible to be written. We are filled with him. And this prayer is all about being overfull with God by asking for more of the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? A family on its knees praying to, to God the Father to equip them to do what needs to be done. Paul's praying out of God's glorious riches. He's praying that Christ will dwell in us. He's praying that we'll be so rooted in Christ, so overflowing with the Holy Spirit, we'll be overflowing with his love. And I think when we're overflowing with Jesus, then other people will see that love in us. That's what we want to be, isn't it? People of a family in Cornerstone, so overflowing with the love of God that other people see him in us. That's what we're about, isn't it, as a family? Now, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is verse 20. I love the fact that we pray to a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. So imagine for ourselves what we can do serving God when we're praying like this, when we're full with the power of the Holy Spirit. We can do immeasurably more than we can even dream or ask. I love that. So I want to tell the story of the charity that I'm involved with as an illustration. An illustration of what can happen when you just trust God to do big things through you. Uh, This charity is called Challenge Ministries. Um, If I have the next slide briefly. Um, It focuses Eswatini. And when AIDS hit Swaziland, which is now called Eswatini, when AIDS hit, um, because the country is polygamous then a whole generation of people was wiped out. So this country now has the lowest life expectancy in the world. About half the people are under the age of 21. There are 300,000 orphaned and vulnerable children out of about 1.2 million people. And about 8% of them are over the age of 55. It literally is a country of children. And a young couple... Many of these children were living on the streets. So if you have the next slide. A young couple called Kevin and Heaven 
they opened a soup kitchen, a Christian couple. And this is what I love about God. God asks us to take a little step, just a little step. What is he calling us to? In this instance, this young couple opened up a soup kitchen for 15 kids. That's what, that's what they started. Next slide. But very soon, they realized that these children, they were on the streets. They needed more than food. Sorry, am I in the way? They needed more than food. They needed somewhere to live. And so Kevin's dad had some land. So they built three little properties on that land. And then they were able to house and feed 45 little children. Another little step for God. But after a while, they realised that a lot of the children living on the streets, they would turn to glue sniffing or alcohol or eventually drugs. And it wasn't just children, it was people in their 20s. And they would get addicted and they had psychological problems that needed counselling. And so Kevin needed help. And so he turned to an organisation called Teen Challenge. Next slide, yeah. Teen Challenge was founded by a guy called David Wilkerson. If you've ever read the book The Cross and the Switchblade, that's the start of this amazing ministry. And they had a 12-month rehabilitation program for people who were street people and addicts. And so Kevin just turned for their 12-month rehab program. And yet our God does immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Because Teen Challenge suddenly saw the need in Swaziland. And so they bought a farm on behalf. They had the resources. And so suddenly they had a farm to be able to look after 100 children. So by now, by the end of the 90s, they had a farm looking after 100 children. And then next slide, they had a men and women's centre doing this rehab programme for, for men and women who'd been through all sorts of horrible issues in life. You met, probably, if you were here a few weeks ago, our ladies' choir came here on tour a couple of weeks ago. Um, this is truly transformation work. About two years, post, uh, two years or three years before Cornerstone was founded, Kevin and Helen felt called to start a church. So Challenge Ministries was up and running, but they felt they needed a church. Oops. Next slide. Um, Their church they called Potter's Wheel, so it's probably three or four years older than Cornerstone. But today, they have 800 members. They have two services covering 1,500 people. Their children's church is in a Roman amphitheatre, has about 500 children in it. And when we all went into lockdown, they realised, obviously like we all did, we had to stream our services Kevin always dreams big, and I think that's why I serve him, as do many people around the world. Um, He decided, well, why can't I be streaming on live telly? So he spoke to somebody at the national government, and somehow Potter's Wheel services now are streamed. uh, They're they're out live on national TV in Swaziland, because Kevin has a dream to take the gospel to the whole nation. God keeps doing immeasurably more than Kevin asks or imagines. And that's an excitement that I want us to get as we think about what's he calling us to do in this area. A man started coming to this new church, Potter's Wheel Church. This man was born into poverty, but God blessed him with riches. He found a deserted mining town in the north of Swaziland. And he and another businessman chose to buy, can you imagine, buying a town. It's a town the size of Long Crendon, where I live. 
he bought a town, and it was derelict. It used to house 15,000 miners. And so, beautiful place, but full of derelict buildings. And over the last 20 years, we've been renovating those buildings, creating houses for children, house mums to look after units of six. We've built schools, we've built uh, um, clinics, everything that you need to do to raise children. And now there are hundreds of children being raised in this country. It's amazing what can do when you take what you can do when you take a little step for God. Uh, the church in Belembu is now 800 strong people. What I love about Kevin is he keeps moving the milestones. And next next slide, yeah, thank you. Um, do you know in Africa the average person will walk five miles to go to church? Who's willing? Anyone willing to walk five miles to go to church? Me, yes, please, that's the right answer. So to reach the rural communities, he worked out that they needed 60 church plants in order to be able to take the gospel to absolutely everybody in this country. 60. That was ridiculously impossible. Absolutely impossible. And the plan was, and we just stepped out to do one, just one little step, one church plant, and what we do is we train a pastor through Pottersville Church. We build a pastor's house in a rural location. We build a church and a school. And then we eventually, when we've got the money, drill a borehole. And then we put solar power in. So you're suddenly being able to minister to a whole community uh, through these church plants. We only had resources for one. But this is key excitement for me is when God wants us to do something... When it's beyond our imagination, he brings other people in to be able to equip us to do it. And in this instance, a megachurch connected with Kevin, Pastor Kevin, and that megachurch have decided to roll out these church plants across the whole country. And crazily, they've said that they're going to do all 60 by the end of 2027. The impossible keeps happening. And it happens because... We keep asking big and trusting that we've got a big God. Let me show you some stats now. So to date, we've now planted 33 of the 60 churches. We have 95 pastors trained. We have 6,000 people going to church in rural locations. We've drilled 14 boreholes. We've built 23 preschools with 33 trained teachers. We have a 1,000 children going to those rural, um, rural schools who wouldn't otherwise be in education. We've, up to August, this data is, we've provided a million meals th- uh, to the poor. We've got 100 communica- community care workers, and they visit to pray with people, to take food to people. They've done 3,000 visits this year. And for me, most exciting, about 100 people are giving their life to Jesus every month through this work. Isn't that exciting? Isn't it exciting when we allow God to do what he does? Because nothing is impossible for our God. And there is no way that Kevin and Helen, 25 years ago, when they took a little step to open up a soup kitchen for 15 little children, there's no way they would have imagined all of this stuff that is happening now. I reckon they're ministering to either directly or indirectly about 10,000 people, and it started with 15 little kids on the streets. Isn't God good? Isn't he the God of the impossible? So 
I think we need to think about ourselves. I hope you're feeling excited rather than challenged this morning. Let me ask you, what's your big dream? What is your big dream? What step, what little step, might not be opening a soup kitchen, but what little step are you going to take for God this morning, today, this week? What are we going to do to serve this church family? Paddy and the leadership team, you know, what's our vision? Why is God bringing all these new people in? Why are we growing like this? What's the purpose? Do we have clarity of vision for where we're going? What God's will is through us in TAME? It's exciting, isn't it? Are we praying big? Are we asking big? What does God want of us in TAME? And personally, are you serving this church family with all of your gifts and talents and resources? Are you giving him everything? Or is fear or something else holding you back? Maybe God has put somebody in your life. Is there somebody in your life, a non-Christian, that God has put in your life for salvation purposes? I don't think God is a God of accidents. I think he puts people together. I think he puts people in our lives. And sometimes it's our job to be bold enough to share our testimony to share the love of Jesus with them because God has placed them in our life, nobody else's, our life, for their salvation. Do you have somebody like that in your life? Are you going to be bold enough to share the gospel with that person? Maybe there's an obstacle in your life. Do you have an obstacle in your life that seems insurmountable? We all get those sometimes. Seems impossible. Well, remember this morning, we serve a God of the impossible. He's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine.